I have a hard time giving it away, so I just set fire to it. Wait, what? <laughs> I thought about that. They'd give it a proper Viking funeral. This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, greetings, Earth creatures. Welcome back to the RC Roundtable. Although I'm Yay. Pre- yes. <laughs> and that's Lee all excited. He's ready to rock. And Terry, you there? Oh, I'm here. Right. We need a live studio audience. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. <laughs> yeah, make a little box so we can make them applaud. And then hey, I hear they're bringing the gong show back. Let's get a gong in our show now. They're bringing the gong show back? <laughs> the gong show is coming back. I think I know somebody that's on it. They haven't said it outright, but they've hinted that they're going to be on the gong show. I I hope it is just as bat crap crazy as the original. Um, If it's the act that I know he does, then yes. (laughs) What do you know? Comic is still around. It's some British guy who's hosting it now. I don't know this guy, but it's a British chap hosting it. Yeah. Man, I loved that show as a kid. I used to watch it all the time. Oh yeah, I saw some. Is that Chuck Barris? Yeah, Chuck. What was that guy's name? Yeah, Chuck, was Barris? Chuck Barris. I think he died recently, didn't he? He did. He did pass away recently. Yeah. I, wow. How was that stuck in my head? Boy, we brought <laughs> this show down already. Chuck Barris is dead. <laughs> if, if you haven't, you got to no. catch on YouTube. There are some. They have some clips on YouTube, <laughs> and it's just. I think it was a drug-induced yeah, episode. <laughs> that that show is purely seventies. <laughs> oh my so gosh. Seventies. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully our show is not considered a gong show. Uh, anyway. Uh, I don't know. Can we, can we throw somebody off? But I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. Make it three. All right. Sounds like we have a quorum. Yeah, and for the record, this will be the last recording from the West Texas studio. So shed a tear. Oh. Yeah, we, will, yeah. we will miss you, Terry. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm just changing location. Well, you're leaving the state of Texas, and we. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will miss Texas. <laughs> you're going the wrong way, Terry. <laughs> you're not supposed to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's going to be an adventure. So. Oh yeah, we look forward to hearing about it when you get there. If you yeah, get there, me too. <laughs> that'll be an, right. that'll be an episode yeah. in itself. It's 1,600 miles in a U-Haul with a trailer. A giant U-Haul, so, right? I almost think you should. Yeah, the, go ahead. The twenty-six footer. You need to just do some audio excerpts during the whole ride and just give it back to us on the next recording. I know I should. I got quotes on how much it would cost for movers to come and just haul my house to New York, and um, it was a lot of money. And I was like, I could do that. And then after today loading it up, I'm like, oh my gosh, it would have been so worth it. <laughs> you know, I felt the same way after moving. It's like, next time I move, I'm just writing a check. Uh, not, it's just too much like work. But isn't that why you had children? So you can, you know, put them in child labor? <laughs> oh my, <sighs> we're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why you need to record that that trip. <laughs> no, the, the box over here. No, not the box. This box over there. Ah, just forget it. Go play. <laughs> <laughs> they do that on purpose. I'm not exactly the parent that. today. <laughs> they know how to play you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we'll get there. Um, if all goes as planned, I'll be up there in like five days. Then I can start unloading. Yes, important thing is that all your models make it undamaged. It's probably worth noting that that was the first thing that went in the truck today. My workbench slash crate, and. It wasn't so much level of importance as that was the biggest thing I was moving. So we figured we'd get that in there and build around it. You know, I'd like to like the listeners to know that sometimes we have like a little list, an agenda that we try to follow. But right now I'm going off the list. We've touched none of that. I, I am going completely off the list. I'm going to talk to Terry more, more about this move and, and issue a complaint. That Terry, you, you texted us that you were getting rid of one of your airplanes. And I was very brokenhearted about it. <laughs> you were. I don't, I'm not sure what your emotional attachment to that airplane well, was. Well, I just wonder if other listeners have gone through this. I've, I've always, you know, appreciate having listeners respond on Facebook or or email us. But I, you know, if it came to a move and you you technically had too many planes, you know, Terry, you actually dismantled one and and put it into little pieces and 
Yeah, by dismantled, you mean kicked it into tiny parts. <laughs> I just loved your comment that when you snapped the wing, it came out with like 1987 nostalgia. Yeah, well, you could smell it, like the, the air inside the wing. You mean the amroid? Like, oh, that smells like my child at home. Wow, that's crazy. I'm like, why did I break it? Oh, man. And, uh, so the plane that I gave up, sorry, let me do that again because I grabbed the mic. The plane that I gave up was my very first RC airplane, the Great Plains PT-20. And I think I've talked about it on here before. You have. And I've moved it, I don't know how many times. I built it in, I think it's 1987. I was in seventh or eighth grade, I don't remember. And it's been around since then. And I don't know, I, I just couldn't justify it anymore. It's, it's war-weary, and I haven't flown it in forever, and it's taken up room. So it has to go. And the sad part is, I'm probably going to have to call some more airplanes tomorrow when this truck is packed to the brim and there's more airplanes to go. Now, see, here's my, my transition from that statement to a topic I was going to talk about later, but I'm going to shoot ahead and do it now. And that is, I picked up that Hobby King Cuda from Cuda. I mean, some people might call it Cuda, but I, I, I think uh, Tom says the correct pronunciation is Cuda. But it's that little uh, foamy uh, seaplane that I got from uh, Graben's estate. And the only reason I got it was because it had a receiver in it. And the plane was in you know, disarray. It was very dirty. The wings were flexing. They, you know, glue joints had failed. The tail was missing. Uh, actually, just the, the rudder was missing. And I just gave it to Austin. Said, here, you, know, you can have fun with it, just whatever. And then, you know, that, that to me is like your, your PT-20. You know, it just was sitting there. It's like, what are you going to do with it? And he goes, hey, Dad, let's make it fly. And and we did. You know, we spent time. We worked on it. The thing flies. I was like, man, Terry, <laughs> I guess that's why it kind of crushed me is that you, you could have given that to some little kid and he could have kept flying it. I'm going to hound you. Yeah. If I knew somebody that would have taken it and had the the time to make it an airplane, I would have. But... I, I would have had a hard time giving this airplane away, I think. I, Craigslist. <laughs> so it's, so oh, instead you, you break it. I have a hard time giving it away, so I just set fire to it. What? what, what? <laughs> I thought about that. They'd give it a proper Viking funeral, but I don't know. Terry, that's tortured you logic. Just I'm said sorry. That airplane is it's done. It's gone through its course, and it's time to say goodbye. Just leave it on the neighbor's doorstep or something. <laughs> I mean, so they can smash it. I, yes. I leave stuff out for trash that should not be, you know, used, and it's missing the day before trash is picked up. <laughs> okay, people grab it. You could have left it right there. It would have been taken yes. by some kid, and it would have been a joy. And who knows? It, it could have even been flying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he, he could have grabbed it and said, "Oh my God, this thing was built terribly. Let me fix that." <laughs> Actually, I had a neighbor do that to me. I opened the front door one day, and it was a little RC car sitting on my doorstep. I'm like, the heck is this? <laughs> and then a few days later, neighbor said, oh, yeah, I had this little RC car. I didn't know what to do with it, so I just left it on your doorstep. Huh. It was a little... Was it worth salvaging? It was a little cheap one. It was better okay. than nothing. I mean, it wasn't anything fancy, yeah, sure. but... I'm That's such a thought. mean friend. Here I am. We're having his last episode, recorded episode in Texas, and I'm, I'm berating you. I am so sorry, Terry. He deserves it for what he did at that poor little plane. <laughs> poor little defenseless airplane. Right, fine. I owe the universe one airplane. I shall make amends. You know they have those uh, <laughs> those free book stands. They're little like little houses. I think people make, and you put you just oh, put yeah. a book in. We could we could have made you a little hanger, a free plane hanger. <laughs> you just stick your old model airplanes in, and people can just use parts or whatever. But again, well, I again, I I may be giving away more airplanes tomorrow, so. I still think my idea, I, maybe I'll have to retype my uh, Craigslist ad for our readers on Facebook. <laughs> I think someone would have snatched that thing up, given it a second, uh, second life. Now. Yeah. We, unfortunately, you said you don't have a hobby store, right, anymore in that area? No, not here in Lubbock. Uh, so you couldn't do a drop-off at the hobby shop or something? No. Uh, that's unfortunate. Oh, well. Are you guys done? <laughs> Oh, yeah. man, Terry. One more cheap shot? For now. <laughs> For now, okay. exactly. Until we find out what you crash tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, my conscience is clean. <laughs> I respect your opinion, but, you know, I did what I had to do. I got you. 
<laughs> all right, all right, Fitz, back to, back on schedule. What do we have today? Uh, well, I see that uh, was it. Dynam has uh, a new B twenty six Marauder they're coming out with, which is kind of surprising. That's not a model you see ever. <laughs> was there anybody that's ever had a maybe um, wing manufacturer? I think maybe had a B twenty six, but uh, the the Dynam one, of course, is a foamy. Uh, 60-inch wingspan, 4S power, retracts, flaps. Uh, interesting, it's got a uh, apparently a three-piece wing. You can, they're saying you can take the whole wing off or just the wingtips outside of the engine nacelles for transportation. That was interesting. Change up for the typical disassembly of a model from the factory. But uh, uh, I hope you guys, I sent the picture on you guys, take a look at it. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's. I was busy smashing up my airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a chance. No more airplanes for you. Well, I'm a big fan of my uh, my Dan my Danum my my Dynam, <laughs> uh, Grand Cruiser. And by the way, Fitz, have you flown your Grand Cruiser lately? Recently? Uh, yeah, I flew it uh, about a what, three four weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Okay. It Are you somewhere. happy with it? Content with it? No, wait a minute. I flew it sooner than that. We had, there was an electric fly-in that uh, one of the clubs had, and I brought it out. Yeah, it's a great little plane. I actually really like it. Yeah. Uh, other than the well, goofy way that the battery fits in it, it's a nice plane. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't like that either. And I know some people have made some mods. But because of that build and how how much fun I've had with that Grand Cruiser, I'm, I'm assuming the twin uh, setup for this Marauder will be you know very similar. Um but I, I like it. I mean, the one thing I don't like is that I just <laughs> only because I, that's the first piece that's going to break off is that nose gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, that's just waiting to be taken off. That's uh, like, yeah, I know what you mean. That's not going to even make it to the field if I get something like that. <laughs> it, it should be one of those parts that you magnetically attach, you know, for static display, but not for flying or, or um, carrying it around. I just think that's just going to be the, it's going to be gone soon. And I wonder if does it really fly on that four-bladed prop system? Uh, you know, the performances on that. Why not? Lots of electrics have four-bladed yeah, props, three-blade, four-blade, whatever. Eh, I don't know. This I don't know. I'm looking at it. It just <laughs> I guess the the angle looks wrong or something. Uh, no, there was a video of it too, and it looked like it flew pretty good. Cool. Uh, it's uh, the detailing is okay. I think it's some parts of it look a little soft. Uh, but it's great to see a, a, an A26, B26. Uh, it's good to see a B26 model. I mean, it's something that's very rarely modeled. And uh, a decent size. Is it the short wing or the long wing? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to Ex see the proportions here. Explain that. You know, it's, you know, the early ones, they had a high crash rate, and yeah. they ended up, I think, adding like three feet to each wing panel. Yeah. Um, what was the phrase? One a day in Tampa Bay. <laughs> that, that was. They, they used to do the training for B twenty sixes. Whatever is that? McDill Air Force in Tampa Bay. Anyway, um, so that was the phrase. One a day in Tampa Bay. They kept crashing them. But as it turned out, they. Um, I think by the end of the war, they had the lowest loss rate of any U.S. plane. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. It turned out to be a really good plane. I think it was a more yeah. flying technique. Uh, it was partly the wing, but partly training too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something like that. I have to look up the history, but I think it was an undeserved reputation. Uh, I believe it was a very fast plane too for its for its type as well. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So it looks good. Yeah. So I was out the field this past weekend, and uh, one of my club members comes up, and he pulls out of the car one of the new uh, was it Freewing Avanti S EDFs eighty mil, if I remember correctly, eighty millimeter. Uh, nice looking bird. Uh, it's got some nice features to it. Trailing link landing gear, uh, with, um, shock absorbing springs, uh, flaps, um, uh, interesting is the leading edge extensions on the wingtips. And, and he was setting it up and he asked me if I would test fly for him. And of course, I didn't want to pass that up. So I was able to give it a, a few minutes in the air to test fly for him and trim it out. And I have to say, it's a pretty impressive model. I was really, flies really easy, really nice. And it's pretty quick. 
90% of the flight was at half throttle, and that was plenty fast for me, which was, which was pretty impressive. Uh, I think it runs on 6L, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 6S, I forgot what size, 4,000, 5,000, something like that. Uh, and it's interesting is it does not have a cheater hole. So they were able to do a good work with the ducting and not have to cheat, so to speak. And uh, so I was uh, real happy to test fly, and it's a, it flew. Uh, they, they they have a good model there. I can see why it, it's it would be popular. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. The paint scheme is really good. Really easy to see. Which one? Is there more than one, or is it just? Uh, I see a yellow, white, and silver. There's the yeah. There's that one. Is what we had. Uh, he was saying that there's a camo one that's going to be coming out. Uh, I don't know if camo? I'd like the camo. No, I'd I'd like something bright. Yeah. That did impress me to hear that there's a camel one, but they call it the stock bright. It's got like a checkerboard and uh, on the wings, on tips and stuff. It's, it's actually really nice. It's sort of canopy. Sort of? Well, it's got a co- sort of ca- cockpit, not canopy, excuse me. Huh. They did like a half. Yeah, it looks cockpit. like it has faux seats, but no pilots. Yeah. Seems like they, they started and gave up. Huh. Uh the guy I flew, he just basically spray-painted the canopy black so you couldn't see any of that stuff. Uh, does that make it melt in Houston? Um, well, the paint probably is okay. The foam would melt. Uh, but it did fine. Uh, it actually looked pretty good. All right. Oh, it's got another neat thing. Um, if you retract the wheels, you can still pull the wings off because the wheel wells are sort of U-shaped, kind of. If that makes any sense? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be able to, on a normal airplane, pull wing panels with retracted gear? The gears retract. Normally, the gear wells are circular, and so the wheels are circular. So if you try to pull the wings off, you can't because there's nowhere for the wheels to go. Because they're in the fuselage? They're in the fuselage. Ah, okay. The wheels retract pretty close to the fuselage center line. Gotcha. So what they did is... And you, at first, you say it looks like the wheel wells are circular, but it's actually a plastic plate. In other plate, the wheel wells actually is more of a channel with a rounded edge. So you can pull the, the wings off horizontally with the wheels retracted and not okay. have to pop the wheels out to pull the wings off for, for transportation. That seems like a handy feature. Yeah, something I had never thought of until you saw it. I was like, why didn't anybody else think of that a long time ago? Well, if you if you must remove the wings, I guess that's a very handy. Yeah, it is. Because it's funny, is it's it's not a very big plane, so I, I don't see really needing to remove the wings all that much. But in case you wanted to do it, does this type of jet require any stabilization, or is it just pretty uh, pretty smooth flying? It doesn't require it. I'll admit the one I had did have stabilization because he, the guy, insisted on putting a AS3X thing in it. Oh, okay. Um, but I didn't see how it needed. In fact, yeah, too much. You had, we needed to dial down the aileron sensitivity a bit. Not the, uh, the gain. It was bobbing a little bit, but I could tell it'd fly just fine without it. It wasn't necessary. Do you think 329 is good for that price? It's good at that price? Mm, it's yeah yeah no sensing hesitation <laughs> yes and no um well what, if you look what at is motion Fitz's price <laughs> now if you look at motion that includes shipping so they have free shipping and uh, so it's a it's a fair price uh i think it'd be nice if it was a little bit lower but i think that's receiver ready right i mean it's servos speed controller everything plug and play yeah, it is a very nice flying plane, so um, it, you wouldn't be sorry for spending that much on it. How does it sound with that 12-blade fan? It sounded okay. It, it wasn't quite whisper like some of my um, 90 mils, but it sounded pretty good. It doesn't emulate the, a real turbine? No, uh, no, I didn't quite emulate a real turbine. It had a little bit of a buzz to it, but it wasn't bad. Okay. Yeah, I have um, a couple of my jets. I use a, a JetFan 90, and especially my BD-5. It sounds exactly like a turbine. 
Every time I fly, people ask me, is that a turbine? <laughs> uh, but anyways, I digress. Anyway, I thought you guys might be interested in hearing about that little hop I had with it. Cool. So did the owner fly it after you did? Um, no, it got started getting pretty windy, so he didn't want to fly it in the wind. Gotcha. Uh, but it handled it fine for me. But it, it, it started getting a bit breezy, and it was a crosswind, so he didn't want to deal with it. So you didn't have to spend three twenty nine. You got to fly it for free. I got to fly it for free. Yes. <laughs> and was, by the cow. Yes. <laughs> what was nice is he said I could fly it again and do some video work. So I might see about doing a quick uh, video review of it in the future. Where would you put a Where would you put a run cam on that thing? Anywhere I want. Uh, <laughs> to the top of the canopy on each wingtip. Yeah. Uh, there, there's all kinds of options. On here. the bottom? <laughs> well, Terry would put 20 on there if he could. <laughs> <laughs> Just drilling holes in that thing like Swiss cheese. About all those run cams everywhere. <laughs> I can't believe you drill holes in your plane, too, to mount the cameras. Why not? Velcro, man. Just stick some Velcros to the camera on and you're done. Uh, yeah, but then when the, you want the Velcro off, it peels the paint. As opposed to a giant Terry hole has in the no wing? heart. <laughs> You're talking to the guy that smashed his very first airplane yes. yesterday. So. They don't feel it. <laughs> and why are you bitching about the paint when you just drilled a giant hole in the wing? Well, I'm saying that's the alternative. You get a hole or a paint blemish. Uh, I rather I, the paint blemish. I choose hole. I choose paint blemish because touch-up paint is easier to fix than a hole. Hey, hey, Terry, I think we need another poll on uh, RC groups. <laughs> Holes or paint? Holes or paint. <laughs> Choose your repair. <laughs> what you do is, oh, so that's, that's all you say is you put up a little uh, thing that says hole or paint, and you have the voting. And don't, don't explain. <laughs> Tastes great. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, we've tortured enough people with this. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll, I think we'll be right back. News flash. This is, of course, the big news announcement regarding FAA. Lee, you want to take us in on that? Oh, I would be glad to. I, I'm hoping everybody who, who listens to this podcast has access to other <laughs> media outlets of, of knowing what's happening in this hobby. But I think the biggest news that we have all been cheering about is John Taylor's uh, successful uh, case against the FAA, the three judges uh, he uh, met with uh, all agreed that uh, it was wrong for the FAA to uh, make a rule uh, and uh, create the registration database. Uh, there's tons of stuff that I've been posting on Facebook. I'm not going to list it all here on the podcast. I'm hoping you guys uh, have have read it yourself, uh, gone to RC groups, or again, read some of the links I've posted on our Facebook page. Uh, but it's wonderful news. We needed it. And I'm going to start off by saying I, I know that some people have said, well, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. The good news is what we felt was wrong was in fact wrong and that the FAA should have never uh, stepped that boundary. But it's almost uh, stirring up the hornet's nest because now they're probably going to go through uh, Congress now to actually change the rule that's protecting us so that you know they can manipulate it further. For their benefit and that's that was happening early on guys i posted a couple of the uh, senate i think it was the senate not the house version um I, I might be wrong but one of the two versions they started changing rule 336 and, and that was just that was wrong too i mean obviously congress has the ability to do that um and we we don't want them to and i and terry you and i both know we've both sent letters to our congressmen and they completely ignored our request and and sent us the can letter for the opposite <laughs> request which was like oh yes we're we're going to do something about those drones um you know this we need to let congress know that we don't want the faa to change rule 336 we want it to stay as it is there are other logical steps to to take uh, to protect full-scale aircraft 
to protect citizens, but not to make it sound like um, model aircraft, multi-rotors are are an inherent threat to society and to life. They're not. Obviously, I think many of us, and I'm hoping to speak for all three of us here, we don't want people out there uh, flying multi-rotors or aircraft in a, in a very dangerous way. We would like to see those people who commit crimes with their model aircraft convicted properly. And there are laws that you know are out there already that, that allow the, the legal system, the law enforcement to stop that from happening. That needs to stay. We we want to be protected, but to start making it sound like the uh, the model aircraft are inherently dangerous, that was just wrong. And as many people have said, and we've Terry started it with his wonderful uh, document and tested, you know what the registration wasn't going to actually do anything uh, except track everybody, and those who are going to commit a crime intentionally will never register to begin with. So it was it was a waste of time and effort and. Now is a kind of a waste of money. Uh, I even wonder if they're going to try to refund anybody. Do you think? Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think the it'd courts... probably cost more to to refund everybody than it. Actually, there was a good um, suggestion on the RC group sort about this that if there is somehow a refund process, that we should route it to John Taylor. Yes, I read that. You're right. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm all for it. And speaking of John Taylor, I've I've had a uh, a simple email communication with him after the announcement. Uh, in fact, thank you. Uh, hold on a second. <coughs> had to hit my cough button there. Um, so we were we were just emailing, I think, each other or just chatting on fast Facebook or passing, pace, uh, posting stuff. And one of our uh, our our listeners posted, you know, if we had heard about it. And I thought that was great. I mean, the first person I heard it from was a, a listener. Um, but as soon as I got wind of it and John Taylor posted the result, the, the notice on RC groups, I sent him an email. He quickly replied. Uh, he's a very generous man. Uh, I congratulated him, uh, you know, told him we definitely support him. He still has another case going, too. He's expecting a, a response on that in July. Um, but it all falls back to Rule 336. So the good news is it looks like he's going to win. And also uh, Rupert, uh, is it John? Jonathan. Gary? Jonathan Rupert uh, has been helping uh, Mr. Taylor. And um, I, I just love reading all that information we're getting from both of them. So Yeah, uh, Jonathan's blog is uh, the best kind of summary of everything that's going on with this case and I think kind of the, the legal aspects of drones in general. So, should check that out. So, I'm about to tread carefully into some waters here, and I want to preface uh, this. Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying I have been an AMA member since probably 1982. Uh, I believe in the AMA. I believe in what they do. My father was very um, adamant about us being members. We renewed every year. Um, I, I sense I, a butt coming. There is a, a butt. Button. There is there is going to be a butt coming, and I'm going to show me your big butt, Lee. No, <laughs> just out with it. No I, preamble. I, I like big butts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm being serious, and my my cohorts are are pushing my little buttons. Um, I've always heard that lawyers are told, you know, when they're studying and, and you know becoming lawyers, that there's always going to be that one case that they're going to feel that they must do the right thing and it might risk their job you know it might it might change their business but they're gonna you're gonna feel so passionate about it there's just no turning back that but you're about to get from me is i know the ama is out there for the right reason i believe that we need to have a community-based organization and that there have been many events many scholarships many uh technical advancements that have been supported by the AMA. But my biggest complaint has been the AMA has not been very supportive verbally for Mr. Taylor in this case, uh, not backing him, uh, not giving more information about the case. Uh, and they're... Ugh. I mean, if I, I can't, I, I'm not, you, I don't know what the right words, Terry, you can probably use the right words for me, but their little video they posted after the announcement, in my opinion, did not put the praise in, in his 
favor well enough. And it, it, to me, the AMA was trying to take advantage of it for their own good. I disagree with that. Uh, again, as a member, they're supposed to support our beliefs. And I will certainly be sending some information to the AMA, you know, through my kind words and supportive behavior to say I'm, I believe in the AMA. But it is time for them to stop um, bowing down to the FAA to understand that many people, many people are supporting John Taylor in this, in this hobby, believe that he is a hero. And that is a word constantly found on the Internet of Mr. Taylor and his achievement that the AMA could not do. And I'm just going to make this general statement. Terry and Fitz, please feel free to contradict. But many people said the AMA was too busy trying to make amends with the FAA in Congress instead of putting support behind John Taylor like a lot of us did. And I'm one of them. I, I believe that uh, what John has done, the AMA should have done. And at this point, at this time, now that we have a, a positive ruling in our favor, the AMA has to stop whatever they were doing before cease doing it. You know, Mr. Hansen needs to say, look, the, the members are really outraged by this. We need to say at this point, Rule 336 must stay intact. We must push Congress to keep it the way it is and have the FAA work on different ways to regulate airspace so that model aviation is not dictated like real aircraft. All right, so I have just said a lot, and that is, of course, that's my opinion. <laughs> that's Lee's opinion. Thank you very much. And now I'll give you guys the, the mic back. <laughs> um, am I supposed to respond to something? Well, you can either agree, uh, disagree, or expand upon it. Um, I understand where you're coming from. I'm not sure I'm in the same camp exactly. Um, yay, John Taylor. I, I'm 100% behind him, and... I, I'm very happy for how that turned out for everybody's sake, and I'm glad he was willing to take that challenge on. I'm not so sure that I put a lot of blame on the AMA for not doing the same. And, and I think a lot of the success of Taylor's case is due to the foundation that the AMA did ahead of time. Uh, but with that being said, I agree with you that they could have done more, and I didn't agree with everything they did or didn't do regarding FAA matters. So, you know, we've talked about that for a long time, that, that we wish they would do this and we wish they would do that. And why did they do this? Or why did they concede this? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's different groups of people trying to do what they think is best. I don't feel like there's any malicious intent on anybody's side. Well, except maybe the FAA. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just hesitate to Monday morning quarterback any of this. I, I'm not in the inner workings of either camp to really say to, I don't know, too much about it. Fitz? Well, like Terry, and, and I think you, you said this too, Lee, that the AMA does have a very important role to play within the model aircraft hobby. And I, and I agree with that. I think they have a very important role and a very critical role in it. Uh, someone posted on, uh, I think on an RC Group's thread, a pretty compelling argument that it seems like the AMA may have had sort of a conflicting interest in this. And that on one hand, they're advocates for the model airplane people and, and rate control models. But on the other hand, the way the new FAA regulations were set up, it also was really advantageous to the AMA as well, as far as membership, increasing their membership roles. And so they may have been put in kind of a tight spot where, you know, how do we advocate for the average modeler yet also protect their interests as a model aircraft organization, which has in, in some cases seen uh, dwindling membership. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with any of this, but it was a pretty compelling argument. Um, I think what a lot of people are are seeing, and I think this is probably a real, uh, probably a reality of the politics of this is, you're getting into an area where perception is reality, and AMA may have had the best intentions for all of us, but the perception is they weren't really fighting for us, and a lot of people see that as the reality, whether it's true or not, and I think that is the problem we're dealing with here is 
uh, how much of what the AMA was doing or not doing uh, was in their best of our interest and how well were they at communicating their intentions. And there is some argument to be made that at least at first they weren't really communicating their intentions very well with the membership. And a lot of people saw that as uh, complacency or at least some sort of uh, cohesion with the FAA in some sense. Uh, and so that's what I'm kind of the feeling I, I'm getting. If that made any sense to you guys. It does. I, I agree with that statement. I believe you're right. I believe their intentions were good. I, the AMA didn't have any secret lobbying tactics with the FAA. There's no under-the-table funds being transferred to them. I mean, they, they, are, they are wanting to protect our hobby. And in fact, I'd like to bring it to you guys, uh, your attention right now, that I just came across while I was uh, searching uh, on the uh, RC group some uh, drone, uh, what do they call it, uh, advocacy uh, forum, that John Taylor wrote a message today that is titled, I Support the AMA. And it's a great little letter that he is writing out to people about, you know, his opinion of the AMA. And, you know, he makes it very clear right here that the AMA deserves credit, full credit, for getting Section 336, a statute, in, into Congress. Because they're the ones who initiated it, and they're the ones, you know, who got that. That's, that's how he won his case, because of what the AMA did. And, again, I'm a big backer of the AMA, and I believe that their intentions were are always been for us. But it has been that lack of communication that you mentioned, Fitz, that we didn't seem to know what was going on. We are all left out. And and I think even John felt that because he was the one who said, you know what, I don't see anybody else fighting, you know, going against this. This seems pretty clear cut and dry to me. I guess I'll do it. And and a lot of us are going, why did John feel like he had to do it? Why wasn't the AMA more obvious to that? And And I think that's why we were all angry. And I'm seeing a lot of angry threads. I'm not, I mean, some people here are, are giving up on the AMA. I'm not giving up on the AMA, but it's kind of like if it's your president and you need to stand up, then you make an announcement. You, you, you express your dissatisfaction or you say, this is what we need to change. The AMA is a group that I'm a part of, and the only reason they exist is because of their members. And I think enough of their members want to say, you know what, at this point, since we were such, uh, I don't want to say mistreated, but we were so close to having a lot of our, our freedom taken away from us for a simple hobby, you know, a lot of other hobbies do not have these kind of restrictions handed down on them um, that we really need to lobby this time to make sure that everything stays status quo uh, and that logic, logical re regulations are created. Nothing that's just fear. You know, we know the FAA just put tons of <laughs> false news, uh, you know, out there, <laughs> Excuse me. you know. You know, how many drone attacks were there? I mean, you guys were there when I made the announcement that the big, you know, drone that flew in front of a jet and, you know, in Heathrow or something was a, turned out to be a plastic bag. You know, the first thing out of everybody's mouth was it was a drone before they, they realized what it was. So you can, you can tell I'm on a soapbox here. So I will, I will leave it at right. this. So, <laughs> Go ahead, Derek. I have some advice. Or write down your feelings your, and then on a piece of paper rubber band that piece of paper to a brick and then you just throw it through never mind yeah, throw it away <laughs> let it go <laughs> throw a window at your local FAA office <laughs> well uh, that would make me an accomplice yeah, here's okay this, this is something I've asked a couple other people but I don't know if I ever like thrown it to you guys but if the AMA sent you a letter and it said we we are going to put up a good fight we know we need a better legal team. We're looking for donations from our members to help us fight this. And I'm going to say this. This was early on. This is similar to the NRA. And I'm a big Second Amendment uh, you know, supporter, too. But you know, there's a time when you say we know our, our freedoms are being taken. We need help to help fight back. And you, you know that's true. And if the AMA had sent me a letter that said, hey, we're going to work with a new legal team to make sure that Rule 336 stays intact, but we need help funding it. Would you please make a donation? You know what I would do? I'd send a check without hesitation. And, and I'd do it because I believe the AMA would have our best interest. And they didn't do that. And I, I actually think I sent an email and saying, please, you know, please do this. You know, members will want 
to help out if we can. And at this point, we can't stop. You know, we, we our biggest fear now is not the FAA just coming up with a registration database, is that they're going to go to Congress and they're going to have them rewrite the whole rules. And we don't need that. Well, I'd like to think that I'd also write a check if that plea was made. But if you look at the cross-section of the general membership, and I think they caught a lot of flack when the membership dues went up. So I'm not sure that they could count on that sort of funding from a general call out for, hey, we need this. I think there's a lot of grumpy old pilots. Is that, wasn't that the topic a few weeks ago? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, grumpy so old men. Well, yes. I mean, that's a good point. That This hobby skews uh, older, retired males. And a lot of them are kind of literally grumpy old men, <laughs> grumpy old and cheapskate men. on fixed incomes, too. Yeah, they're on fixed incomes, so they're kind of cheapskates, which is understandable. And they've seen a lot in life, and they're, they, they don't suffer fools. So how many members do we have in the AMA? 160,000? Was that the number? Yeah. We're going to have a 160,000-man march or grumpy old men march. <laughs> <laughs> they had it too crumpy to march. At the Capitol? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I guess that's... I, I don't have the answer, but I I see the need for us to stick, you know, to our guns. And, you know, I, I'm in this hobby for the long haul. <laughs> You've seen my hobby shop. Oh, you yeah, know yeah. what I bring with me to the, to the flying events. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. No, and no, I, we're I, with I you. Hate, I'd hate to see it, you know, disappear uh, for for insane reasons. Um, so I, I don't know if the AMA is looking for funds to do that. But as I said, you know, Terry and I had the worst luck sending it to our congressman because they completely ignored our plea. And uh, I guess I need advice on, on another way of getting letters out there. You know, who do you really need to talk to? I don't know. John Taylor. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, and I think it's very magnanimous of him to to promote the. I, I wonder if you really have to sort of play their game. Uh, what are those people that on K Street? Um, lobbyist. Lobbyist. That's it. We do have lobbyists employed by the AMA. Oh, do they? I believe so. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. If we do have lobbyists, I my opinion is that they have not done a very good job. That's my opinion. <laughs> well, that's on me. Maybe just time for have the, the modelers pool their resources and come up with their own lobbyist. I'm going to get a letter from the AMA. So you want to be a lobbyist? <laughs> <laughs> you think they want you representing them? You know what? They should. And I, I, right. did, y'all, should be so lucky. did you see my post on aviation? I don't know if you guys caught wind of it, but you know, I'm one of the best advocates the AMA and full scale aviation can have because mm-hmm. I believe in aviation and I believe that the youth of today are inspired by this hobby and the FAA would not have the ability to rule and regulate people around if they didn't have young kids wanting to fly aircraft. And they do that because they watch modelers build, they watch, you know, TV, movies, and so forth, and then they talk to real pilots. And I am a good advocate, and I, you know, I'm not saying I'm the best. I mean, I know there are other guys out there that are probably even better. Was it Ron Montoya? He's he's big hip and everything. He does a lot of the big jets and stuff now. That's great. I mean, it's it's a good idol to have, but, you know, should the AMA listen to me? I think so, because I am a member, and I believe in it, and, you know, if they asked me to step up and do something, I'd do it. I just felt like that. I just felt very. Um, it felt very quiet coming from their camp. I, I was always on their their blog post for, you know, the whatever you call it, the government response. What, what, do you remember the government blog? Is that what it was called? Just the government blog. Relations. Government relations. Thank you. But I just didn't feel like I was, you know, boy, I want to say this because I'm, again, I'm going to be a big supporter of John Taylor. I got more from John Taylor's posts in RC groups than I have from the AMA. And the AMA needs to take notice of that. They need to know that more people were hearing responses from John's, you know, court case than the AMA. And they need to fix that. 
You sound like one of the people on the uh, the ambulance chaser commercials. John Taylor got me my money. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fighting for you. The hammer. Well, I hammered him. <laughs> I, you know. But I, I, this is not me being angry at the AMA. This is me saying we've got a little problem. We've got to fix it. And we've got to get our, our hobby back to where it should be. Uh, making it making it feel positive and not feeling like we're, um, gosh, you know, the FAA really put us down. Uh, and, of course, me and multi-rotors, all that jazz. I mean, those darn Zaggies. <laughs> that Zaggies ruined this hobby. <laughs> Especially the multi-rotor Zaggies. <laughs> no, I, you know, people, people uh, would hate this hobby for one reason or the other, but... Um, gosh, it's just too much fun. It's too much fun. It's it's such a great hobby, and I just hated seeing the FAA j- treat us that way. <laughs> Ooh, I'm on a roll. Where's that drink? <laughs> you ready to move on, guys? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, before I you know, draw myself in beer or something. All right. Thanks, John Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You. You. Excellent work. Excellent. Good work, Smithers. And with all sincerity. Yes. Thank you, John Taylor. <laughs> This bike's for you, for being on the job and working hard all day, for all you do. This Bud's for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lee, let's talk about something happy. Uh, I understand you had some a good time doing some FPV with your son or something, right? I had some good times. Well, I told you in the beginning that uh, we rebuilt that that CUDA, that CUDA, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'll let what, whatever at... Fitz, however Fitz pronounces it, I'll do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> the CUDA. Okay. CUDA. <laughs> um, but we uh, we rebuilt that and we took it to the field. I got a little video up on YouTube of us flying it. Uh, it was a successful flight. CG is very weird on that plane. So that's the one thing I also found on uh, RC groups that's uh, kind of wonky. It's rarely, really, you got to move that CG forward for it to fly right. Um, but anyway, it's got the high thrust line too. That's got a. It's got a high thrust line. I think the uh, tail has a bad incidence too. Um, that, that might also be because my son glued it on <laughs> without checking. So glued it on sideways. But well, I think it has a lot of high angle to it. But it 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 flies. Uh, we had a fun time with it. Uh, but the other fun thing we did was we took an old Wingo kit. Uh, this is a Hobby King. Excuse me, Hobby Lobby now Hobby Express. Uh, plane uh, from the early 90s, I guess. Yeah, it goes way know? back. 93, maybe? What do you think? 93, 94? No, I don't think that old. Yeah. 93. Those were made by K-Van in Germany. Yeah, right? I was thinking mid to late 90s. Maybe, maybe late 90s. <clears throat> okay, 90s. There you go. So yeah. kids are going, what? The 90s? Speed 400 brushed arrow. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, um, I had a, a friend who gave that to me, and then I took a motor that Terry gave me, that uh, little Bell motor. Very popular bell motor, Terry. I think I forget which what you gave that to me, uh, where that came from. I forgot that I gave it to you. Bell motor? You, yeah, it's old bell you motor. Sure you didn't just pocket it in my oh, shop? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Brushless bell motor. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. I stuck that on there and I had flown it like four years ago, maybe, just for fun. Uh, but it's been sitting in my shop. Well uh, Austin came in the, the hobby shop and he saw it and he goes, Does that fly? And I said, Oh yeah, it flies and still has my seventy two megahertz receiver in it. <laughs> I've got my great Futaba 7 cap with probably six, six, seven receivers still around. And you guys, we flew the uh, Easy Glider with my 72 megahertz at best. And that was great because Kirk made fun of me. <laughs> if y'all remember. Anybody flying on 72 megahertz? I raised my hand. He goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's solid. It's definitely, it's definitely for gliders and stuff. But anyway, um, the other benefit of flying on 72 megahertz, we didn't have any problems with his uh, 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi camera. Oh, yeah, good point. Because we stuck his Akeso, uh, uh, I think that's the brand. It's a it's a little uh, kind of a GoPro clone called Keso? an Akeso. We... With nachos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A-K-A-S-O, I think. Akeso. Anyway, um, nice little 4K camera. Did you get that at a gas station? Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't <laughs> knock it. It's actually pretty good. And I've got the footage to prove it. So we uh, came up with a quick method of getting it mounted, and we did a flight, uh, and then he came back and says, Hey, Dad, you remember those FPV goggles you have? Can we stick the, the camera on that thing? So we uh, stuck the little uh, cricket cam on top of the, the Akeso mount, and then uh, he wore the uh, little Hobby King uh, Cyclops, is that right? Goggles. 
no quantum something like that anyway but we went back to the field and uh, boy that was the first time i've ever flown fpv on a winged aircraft and that was all hoot man uh that was fun and terry you were right you said once you start doing it you're gonna love it and you are absolutely correct so here is here is me telling terry that yes you were right <laughs> it was a lot of fun but I, although i did get a kick when you said why is austin standing i always sit when i fly fpv i was like Really? I mean, I just, it wasn't hard. We weren't falling down. We weren't moving. Why do you sit? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think uh, just because your eyes are sensing, a lot of your sensory receptors are picking up things that aren't really happening, so you can lose balance. Hmm. You haven't seen all those people busting their face wearing VR glasses? No. I think games? I no. think you're just too tall. Yeah. <laughs> your, your CG's too, too high. Yeah. I don't the know. air's too... Well, you need to Google that. The air's like, too I, thin up there for him. So okay, I will over. do that, but we were we were doing fine. I mean, I after That's I good. got your text, though, I said, okay, maybe I'll have him lean in the front of the truck. So I did that to, to appease Terry. Um, but we had a great time with the Wingo. I mean, what a, what a fun little day to take a very old, foamy airplane. And that was EPO. I think it is EPO, isn't it, guys? Yeah. No, I think it's just straight styrofoam. No, no, it's it's it's, it's it? yeah, it's more foamy. Um, right. But uh, take a Wingo, put a you know high-end 4K camera on it, put a FPV camera on it, and fly FPV with a rudder elevator-only aircraft. You know, pusher. It was fun. We had a great time, and you know, no fears in the field. I mean, it's it nice and slow. It was a little windy, so it was kind of bouncy. But man, we had a great time. The uh, the CUDA flew great and then i also brought a thunder and lightning with me to to round off the the evening so good good times good times flying i've said it before and i'll say it again those planes that were designed in the late 90s and early 2000s for brushed motors are the best candidates for the modernization can't beat it yep yep and that and the wingo i'm surprised you were able to balance it with with lipos maybe the camera up there helped a lot that is true we the original way I had it flying was probably two ounces of, not lead, we don't say lead anymore, because whatever the steel, uh, two ounces of weight in the nose with a 3S 1300 in that bell motor. That flew fine. So with his Akeso and the LiPo underneath the wing was perfect. But uh, that was my FPV day. Uh, Fitz, you were telling us that you had some FPV in the past few days. Uh, yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, I ended up picking up a uh, used a tiny whoop quad. What used? I thought people kept those till they fell apart. I don't know. Some somebody can't pop one popped up on RC groups. Turned out to be within the the same city here, and and I pinged him and said, "Hey, uh, I'm interested in this." And I asked how much time he had on the motors. He said, "Oh, I just had a few flights." And apparently he had upgraded the motors and upgraded the flight board or something like that. So I said, oh, "What the heck?" It came with a camera and it was pretty cheap. So. Uh, I received it, I don't know, about a week or two ago, and just got around to playing with it the past couple of days. And man, those things are not the most user-friendly things in the world. <laughs> well, was it an Inductrix or a from the ground up tiny whoop? I think it's a from the ground up. If there was any Inductrix, okay. it, it wasn't hardly any Inductrix left. Because <laughs> okay, the Inductrix is very user-friendly. It's plug-and-play oh no this one was this had a, a, a b-core uh, flight board and okay. upgraded motors and a little camera transmitter all in one package on it and it, it's pretty nice but uh, um, it didn't have a bind button so I had to figure out how do you bind this thing to my transmitter it turns out you got to plug in the USB thing and it goes into bind mode automatically which is unusual. When it's connected to your computer, you just have to jump that plug. You just have to plug it into a, a, a USB power source. It doesn't have to be a computer, as far as I can tell. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And then it's, and then I said, okay, well, it's bound, but it didn't do anything. So well, how do I see how this thing's programmed? It turns out you can use a, a program called Betaflight, which is a, oh, yeah. which it made a nice GUI that's a, a Chrome uh, uh, app. What do we want to call it? Chrome attachment? Okay. Uh, Google Chrome, you can get these little apps that kind of embedded in it. It's actually pretty nice. Um, and I said, okay, and then it still didn't do anything. And then I found out, oh, wait, I got to download these whole bunch of drivers. Uh, and so I spent all these time downloading these drivers, and I finally got it where it could talk. Oh, yeah, and 
the cable I was using apparently wasn't a data cable, just a power cable. So I had to go. <laughs> I was like, why is it not connecting? And then I and, uh, tried a different cable and then it connected. It's like, son of a mic. Uh, so after all that, I get it almost ready. And, but, uh, it's on my laptop. And so I decided to, you know, reboot the laptop to make sure the drivers and stuff are settled. And the Windows decided it didn't want it to update. And it kept taking forever to update. So that's where I'm at now. I haven't had a chance to fly it. I'm just at the point where I can set it up. But, uh, uh, we had to go do this podcast. So when this is done, I'm probably going to go over and tinker with it some more. Uh, but it looks like a pretty neat little machine. I got to see one of the, the actual, um, uh, man, the name. You just said it, Terry. The one that comes from Inductrix. Inductrix, yeah. Yeah, the guy was flying Inductrix. We're having a, um, uh, I belong to like a, a makerspace here locally. And we just moved the place and we have this huge place that we're going to have a grand opening. And we decided that we're going to get a bunch of Inductrix and tiny whoops together and fly around the place and have a big screen TV with a, with the video showing and that kind of stuff of flying around. And so I'm trying to get oh, this thing ready. Fun. Yeah, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to put some hula hoops and things and fly around. And uh, have a good time with it. So that was really my kick in the pants to get this thing flying. What are you using for a monitor? TV. Well, I mean, for your personal fly. Oh, I have a, 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 a... I forgot the name of it. Kind of the... Um, not goggles, but the, the whole face mask kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have one of those. It's a full screen viewer. Yeah, it's a full screen viewer because I can wear that with my glasses. No, I can wear it without my glasses. And I can still see it pretty good. Um, uh, and I have a I have a, a tactic monitor which has a video out, and I plug it into a big screen TV, and that worked really well. So cool. that's my trial tribulations with the tiny whoop. Hopefully, I'll get it flying. I'll let you guys know next next time we meet and give you an update. Do you have a way of recording all that? Uh, I believe so. I can. I don't know if I can record and uh, I can take turns. Yeah, yeah, I do have a way of recording, yes. Yes, must record that flight. <laughs> <laughs> record myself bouncing off of walls? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's half the fun. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Terry has some fun music for that. <laughs> yeah. I must say, I've never flown a tiny whoop or inductric, so I have no idea if I'm going to be able to control this thing with any uh, accuracy. Well, not knowing anything about your flight control setup, my prediction is you will like it uh, a lot. Okay. And I hope you have a pocket full of batteries. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good thing you mentioned that because I got to go to the hobby store and buy a bunch of batteries because I really didn't. I thought I had some, but I didn't have any in the right size. So, yeah, I got to go buy a bunch of them. Yeah. They're affordable. I think the ones I bought were five or six bucks each. Yeah, they're single cell, two something, 250 milliamp hours, yeah. something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, does yours have the connector upgrade? Uh, yes, it's got the larger connector. Okay, so the batteries probably won't. Good point. I'll bring it to the hobby store and see what they have that can fit in there. Well, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, the guy that, one of their employees there runs these things a lot, so he's bound to have okay. something that'll work. So you've got a local expert to, to help you out. Yeah, yeah. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, um, the stock tiny connectors for the Inductrix apparently is kind of a bottleneck for power and has limited cycles before it wears out. So a lot of people upgrade to a larger size that works better. Yeah. Huh. Anyways. Uh, sure you can't fly with a 3S on that thing? <laughs> yeah. <What? laughs> yeah, for about a fraction of a second. <laughs> Someone, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Anyways. Well, we expect video and photos on Facebook. Okay. All right, then. Well, I guess, Terry, you've got a long drive ahead of you. Uh, keep us uh, keep in touch on your trip. Definitely. Let us, let us know when you go past the largest ball of twine in the world or something. In each state. In each state. Yes. Make sure you stop by a hobby store in one of the states. I might do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's always good to see some, some out-of-the-place thing. And uh, drive safely. He's he's like the a uh, group a family on the Oregon Trail, and they went halfway, and they're now turning back. <laughs> yes, yes. Just <laughs> as long as we're not the Donners, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just don't die of dysentery. 
We just can't go any further. We might as well go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck on that trail ride. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, it'll be a fun trip. You, especially you and your son. You guys, a uh, little father-son outing. He'll probably remember that for the rest of his life. Yeah, I think so. It'll be good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Happy trails. Happy trails. Happy trails to you. Till we meet again. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts. Those who live in Las Vegas can listen to us over the radio at the all-new Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF LP Las Vegas.